Welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and each week on this podcast, I talk to some of the most fascinating people on the planet in all areas of life, from mindset to fitness to spirituality, and of course, business. Look, I believe you deserve success in all the areas of your life, not only business. But before we get into today's show, you may want to join us on our next Work Hard, Play Hard experience. This year, we're going to be going to Mykonos and Marrakesh. In these experiences, I have hand-selected a group of high-performing business people who are seeking more balance, connection, and they want to celebrate their wins as a reward for the hard work that they put in. If you want someone to curate once-in-a-lifetime experiences and force you to play more, rush over to workhardplayhardexperience.com. Fill out an application so we can jump on a discovery call to see if this is a good fit for you. And remember, excuses are over. It's time to live. Also know that if you're in a relationship where you actually feel like you are being emotionally or mentally or physically abused, get the hell out of that. Let it go. If you're letting that person anger you, but you're letting them control, have control in your life. You just are. If you're stalking their Instagram because you're trying to see what they're up to, that person's winning. The person on the other side is winning and they have you on a hook. Get off of it. Go live your life. People going through divorces fail to realize that the man or the woman that you're divorcing, if you have kids, has a direct impact on your happiness. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. Today on the show, we have a part two with Heidi Powell. Heidi, along with her ex-husband, Chris Powell, dominated the television show ABC's Extreme Makeover, but that is not what today's show is about. Today, we are going to dig into the subject of divorce. Why are we talking about divorce? Because it's a reality in many people's lives, and she's doing it in a beautiful, elegant, kind, and soulful way. And like everything in life, there is a strategy for how she's approaching this. So if you happen to be finding yourself in a situation that feels a bit more heated, or if you know somebody that's in a situation where they're struggling with, you know, how to sort of like, you know, separate from each other and you're looking for strategies to do it in a loving way, this episode is going to be really, really useful for you. So please enjoy this conversation with Heidi freaking Powell. Heidi freaking Powell, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am beyond excited for this part two. We're going to call this Heidi Powell, Heidi freaking Powell part two. And I wanted to do a part two with you because you're amazing. Like you're, you're amazing. And I don't say that a lot. You are, you've had some changes in your life since we last spoke and You've handled those changes with the most incredible gracefulness that I have ever 
seen considering the circumstances. And we're going to get into all of that. So with that long preamble, I think is what it's called. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm so happy to be back. I have to say your podcast was amongst one of my favorite ever because you're just, you're, you're a great interviewer and everything we talked about felt really interesting and like it was going to contribute good to the world. So I, I'm happy to be back. Well, you are a great guest. That's for sure. I got a lot of amazing feedback uh, on the podcast. And in our in our last interview, uh, you were a married gal. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. Now, remind me what month I'm trying to think to date back the to the month that that was. Do you remember? Well, I could tell you this: we were talking about a 30 day sex experiment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that I don't know if that rings a bell. Yes, it does. Well, okay. It sounds so like it didn't work. I'll tell you this. So Chris and I, okay. So Rob, I feel like I should kind of go back in time and tell you mm-hmm. where my head was. Okay. So I, now I remember, I believe we recorded beginning of March or end mm-hmm. of February. So sounds about right. Yeah. Recorded, yes. Little did you know, and if you actually go back and listen, I was very delicate with my wording in every way, shape and form. So while I, everything I said, um, I, I had, I, Chris and I had split August, 2019 and mm-hmm. not tell the world. And so we were actually already underway with this divorce that we felt was, um, definitely going to break some people's hearts because they're, you know, relationship goals. There were a lot of people that thought that about us and it was hard for us to want to burst their bubble. Um, but then also we knew what was best for our family. So on the podcast, things had come up and I was very, every, every time I did a podcast, I'd be like, Hey, I never want to answer in a way that has me lying, but I'm going to tippy toe around this because it's very important that my family gets the time that my family needs to heal from what's happening. And then when the time is right, the world comes after my family, you know, when the time is right, we'll let the world in. And until then I'll just be, I'll dance around answers. <laughs> well, you you know you you were dance E, but yes. you weren't you were actually I left feeling 50-50. Yeah. I le- you know in the department of marriage I was like, mm, not They're sure gonna it's going to make work. it. They're not going to make not, it. <laughs> not sure it's going not sure this one's going to work. And but there was um there was a there was like a glimmer oh. of hope. There was a there was a little uh piece of that Heidi Powell positivity that, you know, that you sprinkle on everything, which is really what I want to talk about. And I don't, I don't want to do a gossipy gotcha show. Like that's not what I'm after. What I'm after is people are, you know, like they're so locked up now with COVID that, you know, Wayne Dyer once said, when you squeeze an orange, you get out, you get what's inside. And people are being squeezed right now. They're, you know, they're, they're in their homes, they're in uh, circumstances. Like I had lunch with a, a buddy uh, not that long ago. And he's like, I didn't realize how bad my marriage was. <laughs> yeah, said, yeah. I said, why? He said, because we're under, like, whenever I felt this pressure, I just, you know, I took a business trip or I was gone and, it, you know, it just sort of like, that's how we did it. But this compression where we're here has been, you know, so difficult. So anyway, the point is, I think there are a lot of people that are in this situation yeah. and you two recently, you know, made this joint decision to part ways romantically, but yeah. in true Heidi Powell fashion, 
you wanted to remain friends, run yes. your businesses, raise your kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there are so many questions I have around that. Yeah. So for the sake of helping people who are finding themselves in similar situations, maybe you can take me back to the moment that you made the decision. Like, you know, Tony Robbins once taught me that there is, well, not me personally, on an audio tape. He once taught me that, you know, there's a difference between a decision and a resolve around the decision. Yeah. And can you take me back to that moment where you sort of like, you knew that you knew that you knew that it's over, we're getting divorced, and how you pivoted mentally to say, okay, I know this is going to happen. And this is how we're going to approach this. Were there any rules or processes that the two of you agreed upon to do this uh, the way that you did it? Um, These are really great questions. Um, And so I'm going to give a little background as well. I'm never, I never have a shortage of words. I'll tell you that. Um, I want to start by saying, uh, uh, which, which this is a thing I, I, I struggle with. So when I say it, it is a hard thing to say, but it's true. I am twice divorced now. And that is something I've had to work through my, on my own. So when I say, Hey, in my first marriage, when we got divorced, um, but it is, it's also something where I, I do feel like there's learning lessons to come from each of these experiences. And I have two, I can either look at my situation as I am a twice divorced woman and have shame about it and embarrassment or I can say, I truly have two of the best men in my life who are some of my truly closest friends. And they, we all get to raise these four beautiful children together. Um, and so that is the way that I choose to look at it because it's not dysfunctional. It may feel dysfunctional to the world, um, but it's actually healthier that we are separate for our kids. And so I do want to preface by saying that. Now, in my first divorce, I... I, I, I you had said, when was the moment that you knew? Truth be told with Chris, I don't know that I would say it was completely my decision, right? Uh, and so it's now, now I say that because in my first marriage, it was my decision to leave the marriage. And, and I, I could see something in Derek's and my way of being together that ha- was holding the both of us back. Like we were um, in a really toxic cycle of... and. and you know, I was 26. So could yeah. I have gotten counseling hindsight? Yeah. I think we probably could have made it work. You know, he's truly one of my best friends now, but, but at the time it felt like there was no way. And obviously, honestly, I'm glad it happened the way that it did, because I don't think he would have grown in the way that he has. And holy moly, he's a different person today. And I, there, I am a different person too. And we were in a cycle that was holding us both back. I couldn't grow. He couldn't grow. We had no relationships. And so for me, I, and I was really young. He and I, I was 19 when I started dating him. So I felt like that was an easy, okay, I know this is over. And, and I made the choice and I never looked back, which was really tough for him. And he has, you know, we've, we've grown and into a great relationship as friends and co-parents, but it took a while. Now with Chris and myself, um, and I don't know how much of this we talked about on your podcast, but I, I think we did. There was, there has been a dynamic shift between the two of us from the time that I met Chris. And in, people evolve, 
we, we change. And, you know, someone, if you hear anyone ever, Rob, that says, oh, I'm not, you know, you know, you're the one who's changed or I haven't changed at all. I'm the same person I was and you married me 20 years ago. Well, that's the freaking problem. Like if you're the same person (laughs) you were when you married someone 20 years ago, that's an issue. So don't use that as a point to fight. I think growth is the most beautiful thing. And, um, Chris and I have both grown. I wouldn't say we grew apart, uh, because in a lot of ways we grew together in other way and other ways, maybe our, our ideals and our beliefs and our core foundational ways of wanting to, uh, build our life. Uh, those grew apart, right? But as far as Chris and I, when, when we were initially married, it was a different dynamic and I was more of a supportive role and he was the star of the show. And so anytime there's a shift, it doesn't matter. It's not right, wrong or indifferent, but anytime there's a shift like that, you have to reevaluate who you are as a person who you, what, what your relationship's like. And is this, and you need to figure out if it's something you want to move forward with. And it was something he and I struggled for, for quite some time. Um, but that struggle was definitely not something we ever talked about or focused on. It was almost like the core foundational struggles that we had were so much easier swept under the rug because we loved each other. Uh, We were wonderful friends and we had so much fun together. Like our experiences and the things we got to do in life, Rob, were like insane. Yeah. I mean, who gets that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and also not just the experiences and the things we got to do, but we were, had created this empire that Mm -hmm. existed to change lives, which was Chris's mission from the beginning that I was honored and grateful to jump on board. And we had these beautiful kids together. And so it, it was something that was easy to ignore in an effort to kind of keep going what seemed easier, right? Or more convenient, kind of keep this ship floating the way that it was. Um, but I think what happens is sometimes when those, it's not, I think, what actually happens is when you ignore uh, those foundational elements of happiness, joy, and peace for so long, uh, or, or you push, brush them aside to feel the temporary happiness of like, you know, oh, let's go on a trip. Let's do this. Oh my gosh, we're launching another product, whatever it is. Oh, look what our kids did. When we're focused on the shiny object all the time, the elements that would create peace that aren't there or are struggling end up growing and festering and just becoming this hard thing. And, and I didn't, I don't think I realized how much, um, we both were struggling with that in our lives until, um, Chris mentioned it. Um, I, that was something for him that was really difficult. And, and I think a lot of it too, I, and Rob, I know you and I talked about it, but I, 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 I think, and, and there was no, meanness from him about this. So I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but I, I, my role, you have to have, you have to have purpose in a relationship. You need to know what your role is. You need, you need to feel like you contribute and like you're valuable. And my purpose, my role was behind the scenes management, get shit done, make things happen. And Chris's was, okay, I'm going to rally the troops. I'm going to create the vision. I'm going to be on camera. Right. And 
when I got pulled into that realm, it did create an imbalance because then here I am doing all that I was doing before and now on camera and feeling maybe slightly threatening and, and almost like, I think I, I may have inadvertently made Chris feel like he didn't need, you know, like he wasn't needed anymore. And he was obviously he's amazing, but it was kind of just that, that shift was hard. But once a brand is there, a brand is there. And I, was, you know, go ahead. was there, was there some place over the last couple of years where it shifted? Cause I've heard this before with different people where it shifted from, you know, sort of that romantic thing to that business thing? Great question. <laughs> now, Chris and I have talked about this quite a bit openly, so I, I don't mind sharing. Um, our relationship never was. And that, 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 could, be, that could have been the problem. We, we were never husband and wife or romantic partners first. It didn't exist. You were partners. Yeah. We, like, sex was great. Not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Like, he and I were great partners. Like, our chemistry was wonderful. And I'm kidding you. Having sex with Tarzan. What was going to be better? <laughs> But, but in reality, our priority, like our relationships priority was work first. So when I met Chris, he had just moved out of his car. He was kind of getting his feet under him and trying to figure out life. And I was like, Oh, let me help you. I'm a fixer. Like, let me fix you. And, um, we kind of, we got some stuff going in a way that allowed him to create his dream. And I, was we were partners. Like I did the operational stuff. He did all the other things. We were friends. We were, I think he and I had kissed within the first two weeks of meeting. And right away we're like, what are we doing? Like, we're not for each other. I honestly, I don't think physically, I don't think I'm his type. And physically he wasn't mine at first, but we grew into like, we love each other. Um, And a, a romantic relationship developed maybe six months in. But isn't that interesting? God, it's so fascinating how these things yeah, happen. I know. And and it was a result of us feeling like we were brought together for a reason. Like both of us are like, gosh, this is awesome. Like Well, you apparently were because yeah. you, you did a shit ton of stuff that made a difference in the world. So there's no sure. there's no question about that. But moving forward now, you know, I'm assuming that that it's not the end of Heidi Powell's relationships, that there will be another one. And you're probably going to say, oh, I'm not thinking about that now. Yeah. Um, and I get that. Yeah. Knowing what you know now, if you met somebody, what are some things that you would look at and say, I need this, this, and this to be right for me to even consider being in a relationship with somebody else? Like what, what's, what are the red flags? It's like, you know, if you, if you're the girl and you wind up with the Harley guy, it's like, I'm not doing that again. And yeah. you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what do you, sure. how do you, how do you reframe that now? Um, and, and I want to lay the foundation that anything I say right now doesn't make Chris wrong or, you know, or say yep. that he didn't have these things. Cause I think it's important, but because the priority of our relationship was vision first, um, that mm. was tough for me. That was really tough. And I think I, I tend to, I have tended to land myself in relationships where I, it's, I, it's not placed on me by them. So Chris didn't ever place this on me. This is a me thing, but I yep. tend to feel like I have to earn love by working hard and, you know, Oh, let me build this vision. Let me do that. And so that's something next time around. Um, I obviously I've had a year, it's been a year and two months since Chris and I split and have been on this journey. So I've had some time to reflect mm-hmm. and, 
heal. But, but I think the most important thing is for me during this time to figure out who I am and learn how to love myself, you know? Mm. And, and, and I are, I always, I do feel like I do. And I actually feel like my, uh, mine and Chris's last five years was really tough. And we kind of knew we were headed this direction anyway. And I, I think I, I had learned, I had, I was forced to learn some of these things and probably him as well. But I, if, if I, I need to love myself in a way that doesn't have me thinking someone else's love that I need to earn is going to make me whole and complete. So next time around, I will, I will say one of the things I have to have, and this is, I I can, I, this is on me. It's not on anyone else. I need a relationship where my relationship is number one. Like I, I, cause I, you know, I am the kind of a person I will give up all of this. I will delete my Instagram account. I will give up. And maybe that's a terrible well, thing. Now, you know, you're getting serious, right? Yeah. If, yeah. Like, like I'm not fucking around now. Like I, <laughs> I don't make me do it. Account. I will hit delete. Okay. But, but truly, if <laughs> I feel, cause what do we all want in life? At a Love. core foundational level, we all want to be loved, you know? Yeah. We do. Yeah. And so we work so hard. And a lot of, I think anyone that has a brand, there's a part of them that that is making up for what they don't have. Like we are on a quest to be something significant and something amazing because we don't feel it ourselves. We can't sit with ourselves in a room and feel okay with who we are all the time. And so we are striving to be something bigger and better in effort, like in an effort to get that validation and the love from the entire world that maybe we're not getting from ourselves. And I, I speak for me as well as everybody else out there. Like, there's I think a- you're right. I mean, everybody putting a filter on something and showing yes. you only their highlight is there for exactly what you're yes. describing. So there's yes. no question about it. Yes. I don't want to put my ugly ass in the morning on there without a filter. I get it. <laughs> I get Amen. it. Amen. What has been the most challenging part of this process and how did you overcome it? The hardest part for me, as much as I knew we were headed that direction, um, and as much as I knew we, Chris and I are at this phase in our lives, not meant to be husband and wife, mm-hmm. it was really, really, really a hard thing for me to accept. I, I mean, I, I could, I'll get emotional even thinking about it, but I, you know, I, and I, I had spent so long working on myself within our marriage just to try and, you know, it's like, you can't change someone else. So you got to change yourself. And I, mm-hmm to feel like my work on myself wasn't enough. Again, it's not Chris. That's a me thing. Um, yeah. Was really hard, you know, and then it was even harder to know that it, no matter what I did, it just, and he was right. Like our, our marriage together wasn't right, but I, it was a hard thing for me to accept. And I think part of it was ego. Um, again, as much as I knew, and, and honestly, Rob, it's people say you should have stayed together for the kids. No, we should not have. If you were no, in our screw home, that. And, so what, and they could have two parents that don't want to be with each other. I, I'm telling you, and and Chris and I, we always used to say we fight like Italians and we love like Italians. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and we, I, I can't give you the translation. I just spent, I was in, uh, I spent four months in uh, in Italy uh, yeah. this past year, and uh, there's a translation I can't quite give you. Yeah, but it it essentially means when we love you. We love you. Yes. When we hate you. We fucking hate you. <laughs> we're, we, we were Chris and I do not hold back. It doesn't matter who's in the room. Doesn't matter if it's a child. Doesn't matter if it's 
something about our dynamic. In fact, our, um, our, one of our employees had said, you and Chris are like magnets. Like when you are flipped the right way, there is nothing better. And it's true. But when you are flipped the wrong way, there is nothing worse. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it was never physical or anything like that, but it's just, it, it's very true. We are very magnetic both ways, both sides of a magnet. But yeah, to, for me, knowing I was going to be going through a divorce for a second time, I hated, I hate the stigma that comes with that. And I was ready, Rob, I would have stayed in something that probably wasn't good for either of us or our family forever in an effort to avoid that. And I, I would have become whoever I needed to become because I was so terrified of that stigma. Also terrified of going through a divorce again. My first one was a shit show. Like it was hard to go through and, and, you know, Chris and I are a million times busier than I ever was back in the day. And to take time to finalize a divorce and divide assets, honest to goodness, like Chris and I both are like, whatever, what do you want? What do you want? Like, we're so easygoing with this divorce because we don't have the time. And we know they're like, we're not going to remember what place the other one took. We're not going to remember who got this. It's just move on with it. So that was a fear of mine. Um, and also, but the hardest part is, and Chris and I lived together. He lived in the casita and I lived in the house for about 10 months when mm-hmm. uh, we were going through our divorce. By and the way, you know, you know, you've made it when you can say, I, you know, my, I put my ex in the casita. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you know, well, I didn't put you him know in that you made it. Let's, let's, let's rephrase <laughs> I just, that. I, I, I love my me. wife, but I want to say, hey, look, honey, if we have problems, you're going in the, you're going in the casita. <laughs> I'm going to get your ass in the casita. You're going in the casita. I don't know exactly know what a casita is, but I feel like it's by a pool. <laughs> So it, you're is. Going, you're, yes. it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is by a pool. It has a bathroom. It has a fridge. It has all the things you need to, it has a TV, all the things you need to get away from life and just relax. So he kind of, he was there for a while. But, all right. So a couple of questions. Yeah. What are, you know, before I ask you this question, I want yeah. there's something that popped up for me. There is, uh, are you a, are you a Brene Brown fan? Well, okay. So yes, I've never read one of her books, but yes, I love the quotes that I read. Okay. So like, you know, her whole vibe is on vulnerability, right? It's just, is, is all of that. And, you know, I'm not her target audience for sure, but you know, there's a few things I I heard her speak at one of the conferences I went to, I think it was at Lewis's Lewis houses event. Okay. And, um, she really put in my head to notice the places where there are stigma, where there is stigma, where there are just these, you know, feelings where you don't want to be vulnerable. And in your mind right now, we talked about, and again, it's not just for you. I'm using you as a, as a lens for the audience, but there are people that are right now, there is somebody right this moment who's saying, I know I need to be divorced, but I am not going to be the woman that is going to be divorced twice with kids. I'm not doing it. Like I guarantee you that that is going on right now. Yeah. And that stigma is so crazy because I don't think twice about you being divorced twice. If I was divorced twice, you wouldn't think twice about me being divorced. You wouldn't give a shit about it. No. But we're our own worst critic, you know, and it's all these little things that we do. Like I went out to lunch with a buddy the other day 
and he's he's got a he's got a bunch of money. He's got a big fancy car, and he's always got the million dollar watch. And yeah. you know, before I left, I went, oh, I got to change my watch. I got a web yeah. cool watch today. <laughs> and I was like, fuck that! I am not going to do that. No, I am no. not going to be the guy that is worried, so worried that he's going to look at me and judge me yeah. for what watch. So you know, there's this like that exists. Like that is yeah. a real thing yes. that we battle with as human beings. It does. Yeah, it, it, it does. And I, I will say this to the the woman or man listening that feels like they need to be out of their marriage and they're too scared to. I actually have a couple different things I would like to say to that. Now, keep in mind, I've been the person that's been left and I've been the person that's left a marriage. So I feel like I know both sides and, and I know everything that comes with it. I do say, beware of thinking the grass is greener on the other side because it's not always greener on the other side. And I think it is easy, like the, the world that we live in is very comparison heavy. And to look at all the other things that are out there, all the other relationships and say, my husband doesn't give me this, I, or he battles with addiction, He, whatever it is, you need to know that whatever relationship you are in, whether it's the one you're in now or the one you're going to get into, there's going to be crap. Everybody is going to have something. Some people are better at masking it than another. They just are. And so I, I but, but, also know that if you're in a relationship where you actually feel like you are being emotionally or mentally or physically abused, get the hell out of that. Like that is something you can't stay in for the kids. You can't stay in for anything. You can't stay in because you matter more than allowing yourself to, to deal with that. I do think before anyone gets divorced, they should all spend time in therapy. Couples therapy, if you can. Chris and I did two years of real solid therapy and our therapist agreed we were better off separate. And so I think that's so important because you don't want to make a decision and look back down the road and think, okay, all the, this new string of men, you know, that I'm, I, I thought I was going to find something better. I thought this, well, there's a really good chance that better is right near home. And you just need to, it's like the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. And so that is something that I think is very important. This is coming from a woman who has been through two divorces now. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife yeah. says, uh, my wife has a little uh, thing that she adds to the end of that quote. And that is, the grass isn't greener on the other side. There's shit on both sides. Yeah, and it's true. It's, it's so true. It's true. And I was just reading a book. Um, I just, it took me nine freaking months to read it. It was called The Positive Shift. And at mm. the end of The Positive Shift, it talks about like the, the importance of re- like deep, meaningful relationships on exp- expanding our life expectancy, like lengthening the time that we live and, and increasing the actual measurable amount of joy that we experience. And I, like I look at, you know, Derek and I, when we were married years ago, he and I didn't have a deep, meaningful relationship. I, he and I have one of the deep, and we are, I did not leave for my ex-husband. And people think that Derek and I are not even close to dating. We actually have a really wonderful, deep, friendship. And it's something where I've thought sometimes I'm like, gosh, seeing how he and I over 20 years have actually created a deep, meaningful relationship. It makes me wonder about these people that leave marriages thinking they can't get to the other side. When, I mean, the evolution of the both of us that created that, I think it's important to like, is the person you're with coachable? Are they willing to grow? Are you willing to grow is really, really important. Because it, you know, something that feels like it's doomed, 
may be the best thing that you could ever have in 20 years. And you may be sitting there thinking, gosh, I'm so glad. Look at this family that I have. We're all in the same home. Um, so I, I wouldn't throw it away. I wouldn't throw your marriage away because you think there's something better. However, I would leave something that you feel is like compromising your ability to experience joy for sure. You know, sometimes like, I don't know how to say this without being politically correct. So I'm just going to say it. Yeah, say Some, it. All right. Sometimes there is, we spend so much time, whether it's religiously or legally, getting caught up in all things that is marriage. And I'm not saying that, you know, you shouldn't respect it. And I'm not saying that you should go out and cheat on your, I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying that what if, you know, when you got married at that young age years ago, that it wasn't to help you learn something, to help him learn something, and for you two to connect in a completely different way later on in life. And then yeah. what if, you know, Chris was coming into your life to help you see, I mean, think of the, you know, the, in, the immeasurable amount of things that you have done together, but for whatever the reason, it has run its course, or maybe it wasn't supposed to be, or maybe it was conflated between, you know, being romantic and being more business. But in the end, you recognize that what that is. And now you've have the contrast and the reference points to be able to step into something new when yeah. you're ready yeah. and have a much more deeply fulfilling, meaningful, passionate, primary love affair that you enter into in this, you know, next stage of your life. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. I, I, and I do believe that culturally marriage is almost um, placed on us as an expectation that I don't, and, and it's okay. Marriage, whether it's an expectation or not, I don't think getting married is a bad thing, but I think the idea that marriage needs to last forever <laughs> isn't always appropriate. Um, and I do agree that I am in a phase of my life where I have been through relationships, even if you take out the certificate or the, you know, the legal documentation that said that Chris and I and Derek and I were married. I've been through some really amazing, you know, and, and, and challenging relationships that have taught me who I am and what I need in a way that I have no doubt. I, I know who I value myself and I love myself in the healthy way. Um, enough to know that this next go around, I will demand the parts of a relationship that work for me this time. Whereas at, when I was younger, you, I, I tended to chameleon quite a bit to be what somebody else needed, worrying that I wasn't going to be enough. Um, but yeah, deep, meaningful relationships or ability to communicate and accept and love me and me accept and love them for exactly who they and I am, um, good and bad is crucial to me. Like I need next time around, I need to be able to show someone exactly all, all the things and have them say, okay, I know what you're struggling with. I know what your, your strengths are, your weaknesses. And I love who you are exactly as you are. You know, it's interesting. Um, Liz Taylor's on, was, was she's dead for 20 years, but Liz Taylor was on her ninth. Larry King just got divorced. He's going, <laughs> he's just announced he's getting married. He's going on his 10th. Oh wait, so, he announced he's getting married? Yeah. Just oh saw my, that the other day. Oh my Can you gosh. imagine? Well, I, I actually, yeah, he's, he's <laughs> I, I'm, yes. He was, he was married. He was married into the Mormon faith. Yes. So I guess, I guess somehow you probably. Uh, I, I know Sean. 
I know Sean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. Well, listen, <laughs> listen, you guys could have a lot to talk I about. I know. I'm going to call her after this and be like, what? What's going on? Yeah, that was a message I got. Um, okay. So I saw on uh, on Instagram that you um, were about to record a TikTok video with your daughter. Yes. And, you know, you guys were getting ready to do your dancing thing and in walks Chris. And I remember looking at that and saying to myself, that is so cool that he, because it was so real that it wasn't like a contrived filtered thing. Like you guys were all ready to do your dance and he walked in and the, you know, the obvious connection that you had with him and your daughter had with him was so clear that you guys are cool with each other. Yeah. And, and, and I think that is just amazing. And that is one of the reasons why I have a friend right now who's, who's, uh, going through, uh, she's not, hasn't filed for divorce, but yeah. they're, they're going to. Yeah. And it is nasty. I mean, oh my God, I'm looking at this going, you know, Heidi Powell's not doing that. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like you don't have to do this. No. It no. does not have to be this ugly. No. So, you know, I guess the, you know, the, 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 the question that I have now is how are you remaining insanely positive in light of the divorce, in light of probably new challenges that you're facing with your children around the divorce and raising the kids, but you seem to stay so happy in all of these things in your personal life and your business life. Like, where does that come from? Is that deliberate or like, do you, do you roll into the fetal position at night and start crying and sucking your thumb? I mean, like, how do you do it? <laughs> well, it's funny. You're actually making me tear up just a little bit, but so, you know, I, ha- I have my hard days and they're not tears of sadness. Um, I definitely have hard days where I struggle in a way where the tears aren't happy tears, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I, I also, I, I don't know what it is, but I have something in me that is wired to see the good. I, it just is. And it's something that like, I mean, I'll even cry the fact that I am wired that way because it's, I am so great. Oh, it is my greatest gift and also my greatest weakness because I tend to lack boundaries as a result. And, you know, sometimes I end up in, I don't know, it just, it's not, not a great thing all the time, but it's um, such a gift. My mother taught me to see how, <laughs> how horrible everything is. So I love <laughs> I swear to God, I look, I look at it and go, look how horrible that oh. is. Like I have to fight that demon. Oh. I, I'm so envious of you. I love oh. that. Well, and, and it's funny because I can say on one hand that I don't like conflict, but I have no problem standing up to somebody. But mm-hmm. with where I don't, like if it's business or if, it's, if I'm fighting for someone, I have no problem saying how it is in a kind way with tact. Um, and I know that I'm able to do that. I think that's a gift that I have, but I... Also, there is nothing like, and I, I, I'm going to give credit to the way that I was raised, my dad and, and my grandpa and, and, and my mom, but I really, really learned from my dad. Like there, there is nothing on earth. At some point, Rob, we are all going to die. We are like, at some point, our bodies are going to break down. They're going to give out and we're going to, you know, we, it's, we will be on our deathbed. And is it going to matter that I got more in the divorce or I got, you know, I, I won this battle with my ex 
or that I had this massive business go, or is it going to matter that I had good quality relationships with the people that matter the most? And I think people going through divorces fail to realize that the man or the woman that you're divorcing, if you have kids, has a direct impact on your happiness. Like not like if I had was on bad terms with Chris, like it is, I know it's much better for me if he and I, if something comes up and I'm like, oh man, this is going to be a fight. It is easier for me to take the high road and back away right away. Even if I feel like crap, you know, even if it's hard for my ego for a minute or I, the natural instinct is to fight because if that turns into a blowout, it affects how he is to me. So it affects how I feel about myself. It's going to affect how my kids feel about him. It's going to affect how my kids feel he feels about me. Ultimately, it is one big ugly mess. But I know the times where I can put my ego aside and I can be like, hey, I may, I can lose this battle. What's this going to do for me? And I yeah, let that battle go. He appreciates down, down the road. Like literally Chris I, like just said thank you to me. Like he said, he's so great at his, at his sorries. He'll be like, hey, yeah, I, you're right. I did. I lost it the other day. I'm so sorry. Thanks for staying calm. Um, and it, it, it's just better for all of us. Like I'm happier. My actions and my emotions and my happiness is not connected to who Chris is. And I've had to realize that. Or who I love that. Yeah, I love that. I, um, a friend of mine has, a, has an expression that he says all the time, and especially around relationships. He says, do you, want, do you really want to die on that mountain? Yeah. It's, it's not worth it. Like if, yeah, be, be happy. Like if you can let shit go and move yeah. on to these people going through a divorce, like let it go. If you're letting that person anger you, like you're letting them control, have control in your life. You just are. If you're stalking their Instagram because you're trying to see what they're up to, that person's winning. The person on the other side is winning and they have you on a hook. Get off of it. Go live your Get life. Off of it. You know, I just watched uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's uh, documentary. And uh, in the documentary, she was uh, being interviewed uh, and she was talking about her mother-in-law who gave her advice um, right before she uh, was about to get married. Like literally, she was getting ready to walk down the aisle. Yeah. And uh, she said, sometimes it pays to be just a little deaf in marriage. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hear the unkind word. Yeah. You look the other way, you know, and there's a bit of truth, yes. you know, around that. Okay. So there I want to talk to you before we go, I want to talk to you about Remind with Heidi. Yeah. What is it? Why'd you come up with it? And um, how's it going to help people? Yeah. So um, Remind with Heidi, that's kind of like the, that it's, we were going to name the whole product that at the beginning and we decided to change it to it's it's show up but remind is kind of the company that I'm going to be building things inside of so you know when I one of the hardest parts of going through a divorce for myself was separating my identity and separating myself from who I believed I was with Chris like I know I have unique talents and gifts and I believe that those unique talents and gifts combined with Chris's are what made us so great together but to now be in a position where it's like, oh my gosh, like I can actually go out and I can do the things and share the gifts unrelated to Chris in a way that allow me to make impact in what I'm passionate about. Um, and, and I did actually very shortly after our split in August, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, um, I decided, Hey, I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to create I'm going to create, I don't know if it's for 10 people. I don't know if it's for 10 million people, but if one person, if 10 people 
are positively impacted and their lives can be changed as a result of my creating these programs and tools, it's worth it. And, and I believe I have, I, I believe I was put on this earth to mess up a lot because I have, I've messed up a lot in my life. I mean, again, twice divorced and people can say it's two failed marriages, but I, I also see them as me failing forward. I see them as the most incredible learning experiences that have created a great family environment. You know, for all the businesses that people may see that succeed, I have 10 times more that have failed. I've had things happen to me. I've also had mistakes that I have chosen to make that I've carried guilt and shame for. And I think all of those things are the most beautiful disasters that have made up who I am and allowed me to find truly a sense of peace and joy in my life that I could not, and compassion and empathy for others that I would not have if I hadn't gone through all that I've gone through. And so the course, thank you. Yeah. The courses are my way. I, 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 I was able to separate myself from what I did with Chris and say, Kate, who am I? And what do I have to teach? What do I have to give? Sorry. There's a little puppy. That's that's okay. I got one too. (laughs) What do I have to teach and what do I have to give? And, and I, and really put them together in a way, thanks to my team, um, is so, I think they did such, we all did such a beautiful job. It, there are, there are video courses and a big 135 page workbook that on its own, when I look at it, I want to cry because it's so good. And I think this is so good. I want to go through my own course that I created. So yeah, it's, it's called show up and remind with Heidi will be coming out with more products. We have secrets of goal setting and, um, diff- how to get out of a rut, how to get unstuck. So there's a lot of great things inside of it that I'm super grateful that I was able to create. And already like it, it is definitely making impact. So who is the course targeted for? Is it targeted for um, a man, a woman, 20, 30, 40, 50? Like what's the, who's the, the target that, that is like, oh, I, I, I need this. I think anybody could use it to be honest. And I, I, okay. I don't want to get, I'll go more specific, but it is truly something that anyone can use in their life. Now, I, I will say um, specifically for people who are stuck with limiting beliefs about themselves mm. that maybe feel like, hey, this is the life that I was meant for and not, for, not meant for anything greater, but want to, want to do something bigger, want to be something better, just aren't quite sure. People that maybe don't believe, people that are ready to take their life or their business or their goals to the next level. Anyone, anyone who's open and ready for evolution and for change and for their best version of themselves, this course is for them. If you're in a rut, if it's something where you are just stuck and you can't figure out how to deal with this crazy ass world that is all around us right now, this is the course for you. So it's, it's basically for people who know deep inside that they were made for more. They're not living yes. it. And there's some demons that yeah. are in there that they just need to get, um, uh, get in touch with and overcome like limiting beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I don't think people realize the things in our lives every day that are stopping us from our best selves, like comparison. And I, I mean, a lack of integrity. There, there are so many blind spots that we have as humans. And it's not until you are coachable enough to put yourself in a position to learn what they are and accept them. But, but it, it works. You have to do the work but it works. 
So what is next for Heidi freaking Powell? What's next? <laughs> What's next? Oh. Is it is it stepping more into products like this? Yes. Is it, it? It is. And yes. um, how about the world of fitness? Is that something you're going to stay in? Uh, I mean, obviously you're always going to stay fit, yeah. but I mean, in terms of a business. Yeah. Um, I, great question. So fitness, uh, I, I, I will always have a passion for fitness. I will probably always produce and create around fitness because fitness and activity completely shifts how you think throughout your day. Yep. It shifts um, how you feel about yourself and it shifts how you look, how you look changes, how you feel. I mean, it's all the things. So fitness will always be vitally important to me. And so will the way that we eat because nutrition is food and food, I'm sorry, food is medicine. And if we're not fueling our bodies properly there, um, it will shift our mind. And so to me, I feel like a full comprehensive approach to helping people is not only body, but it's mind, spirit, and emotions. It's all of those things. And I, I feel like there's room to continue evolving and growing in all the directions. I will say my greatest passion, if I was to, you know, choose something to do and work one-on-one with someone through, it would be, um, the emotional, behavioral, spiritual changes because I just, and, and mental, it's, it, they're so important. So there will be more there, but yeah. It, it, well, which is kind of what you did on the show anyway. 100%. And it's what we did in our last book. It's like, yeah, it may have been, you know, we had to do a quick call to action of, you know, lose X number of pounds in X number of days. But the reality is you have to sometimes give people what they think they want and then it's like, okay, now that you're here, let me give you what you really need to make lasting impact. And it's yeah, the things that we teach are the things that take that weight loss or that temporary goal, that, that quick goal that you want to reach. And instead of having it only be temporary, it creates the opportunity for it to be permanent. And it creates the opportunity for you to find that same success in every single area of your life. Well, Heidi, as always, I can talk to you for days. <laughs> I know. Absolutely days. Thank you so much for doing this part two. I think we're going to help a lot of people out with this. Your ability to be open, vulnerable, and willing to share is um, so commendable. Do you have any final uh, words, suggestions, or maybe an ask for the people that are listening? You know, I mean, just go be you, go do you. And if you want to come hang out with me, you know where to find me, Real Heidi Powell. I love that. You know, (laughs) there's a great book. There's a great book called Do You. Have you read it? No. Do I need to? Yeah, it's by Russell Simmons. You know who he is? The hip hop guy? No, but I'm about to. I'm about to know who he is. He is freaking amazing. Russell freaking Simmons. (laughs) Heidi, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rob. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.